Hey, Warrior Within, and Warriors, uh, you know, nothing new on my end about the church, but we're still praying and hoping that it will happen anytime soon. Um, I have been kind of burdened this week with a lot of people having kind of hardships right now, and even one close friend of mine whose dad is in the hospital with COVID and has double pneumonia, and it's, it's hard to hear her. I mean, she's very young she's 25 and she's the oldest so it's even harder because she even has younger siblings but this is something you guys could pray for her we also even have some people who've lost uh, friends close to them this week we even have uh, some people with health issues that are still battling uh, trying to figure out answers you know there's just a lot of things that we could pray for these days and don't forget to stop and do that so this, this week is going to actually have two parts to it. Um, it's going to be called In Weakness. It's just something that has been on my heart this week um, a lot, based on what people are going through, especially. But we're going to actually be in Romans 8, uh, the second half. Well, let me say, we're going to start in verse 18, pretty much. Verse 18 to verse 25 is kind of the the general verses of conversation and then 26 through 30 is what we're going to talk about today and 31 through uh 39 will be the next week but anyway one thing about weakness that we we often take for granted is that we have jesus and when things are good we start thinking that that's because our walk is good and then when bad things happen we start switching our mindset to well, must be something wrong in our walk. The truth is, guys, we're going to have good things and bad things throughout our life. It is part of this world. It's part of a sin world. It's part of the battle of living in a world that has been corrupted. It's not created in the way that God had hoped it to be because sin has entered into it. So now everything is corrupted. So bad things will happen. Some of us will lose people we love. Some of us will see diseases and issues. Some of us may get cancer. Some of us may struggle. Some of us may have money and then suddenly we don't have anything. Some of us may struggle for a long time before blessings come in. Others may see blessings here and there. Some people will always have that thorn in the side that will never go away. But the question is, is that making us weak? And answer I would say is yes, but it's not a bad week. It's not the week that we picture when we think of movies and TV shows or how people who think that anybody who believes in Jesus is weak. You know, they have to have a crutch to live because the truth is we are given the Holy Spirit. When we accept Christ, we are given that Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us discernment, understanding. It's our comforter. It's the, it's the person of God that is there with us and dwelling in our bodies. So we start off in Romans uh, 8, 18. It says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Paul right off, Paul right off the bat is telling us, you know, we focus a lot on present day issues, but the end story is where our hearts and our mind and our I guess you could say our hope should be in. Verse 19, for the creation 
waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who sub subjected it in hope. See, the word hope is there. And the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For whose hopes for what we see? But we hope for what we do not see. We wait for it with patience. So a lot of times we focus on what we see in front of us. And now we've talked about the fog of war. We've talked about how sometimes the enemy uses basically our life to keep us secluded inside a small space to make us feel like we're the only ones facing anything and struggle and, and life and decision-making and, and growing up and, teaching and training our kids and and walking with each other like the idea is if the enemy can get us to be alone all we can do is doubt and i believe the opposite of doubt is hope so a lot of times we we fall into the doubt situation because we take hope as it has to be a light at the end of the tunnel but hope is actually during the process that we go through. So all the struggles, all the issues that we have to face on a daily basis, we should discover what hope is through that because we have been given promises. God is there with us. And we talk about in Psalms where it says, um, though I go through the valley of death, I will fear no evil. We talk about that all the time. And I, I know growing up, we would have to memorize it or even discuss it. But it always comes back to me to think that nothing that we read in scripture ever says that God removes us from the valleys or issues. But he does say we will not go through it alone. So when we're weak, when we feel basically the sufferings of this present time is just so overwhelming, what is our hope? So the main gist of conversation is actually verse 26 through 27 for this first half of this, this uh, podcast is likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep, too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So there's times I know there's times because I've been in those times where it feels like we pray, we pray, and it just seems like no answer is coming to a point where we don't even know what to pray for anymore. And that's okay. The spirit intercedes in our behalf. It knows our hearts and our minds and our intentions, and it will speak on our behalf to God. But the cool part is, it also will speak to us about how to how to basically 
live through the struggle. So likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. So when we feel like there's no answers, there's no hope, there's no end of the tunnel light that we can grasp onto. What do we grasp on? I know for many cases, many, many people chase after sinful things because they want to feel something. So they chase after sinful desires to, to fulfill what they think is emptiness, but in truth is anticipation. Because if you believe in what you're believing in, then that should be enough for you to be okay. You know, I think about even the time when I, you know, at my last job and the struggles I was going through those last six months, I really did not see a light in the end of the tunnel. All I saw was a lot of crap coming on me, coming on me. And all I could hear the Lord say is, I will take care of the fight. You just keep doing what you're doing for the youth ministry and for the men's ministry and minister to the people of the church. That's all he kept telling him to do. Don't worry about the fight. But the problem was I was in the midst of that fighting I couldn't avoid the fighting I was still getting hit by the fighting but I felt like my shield was blocking a lot of shots because you know we talk about the armor of God a lot I felt a lot of those fiery dart darts weren't getting through but there was times where I felt heavy burdens of the weight from getting hit so hard and that's the weakness. That, that's the, the struggle that we go through. And the cool part is the Holy Spirit will always uplift us in times where it feels like we can't. I mean, there was times where I did not want to get out of bed, but I did. And I kept moving forward. And God would show me opportunity after opportunity of times to pray for people, to encourage them, to build them up. Even when I inside, all I wanted to do was just get out of there. I mean, like I was actually literally praying God to remove me from this church because this is, this is not church for me. This is not ministering. This is not helping anyone. And it's hurting me. It's hurting my wife and it's making things really hard. A lot of times we need to go through those struggles, not because he doesn't care, but it's because he's teaching us through it. But two people who are also maybe going through a lot of heavy situations during that time may need you. And even though it's hard because you are struggling just to be able to stand on your two feet, you see opportunities and you can jump in in those opportunities. I know it's a little different because, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor trying to say all this, but in the long run, you and I should be spending time with God and his word and praying and seeing God through our lives whether you're a pastor or not. The thing is, I mean, my my job was ministering and being a pastor, but in reality, you know, I did this even before I was ministering in a church. Every job I went to, I saw opportunity. I would stop doing what I was doing, and I would go into this mode to help people. Like, I remember when Sears was closing the store, people were freaking out and panicking. And instead of me doing the same thing, what I did is I went into this mode or I told him, hey, let's pray about this. Hey, let's get your resume set up. Those are the type of things that anybody should be able to do. It's not a pastor's job. So you can't point finger and say, well, it's because you're a pastor. It's easier. No, it's not easier. That is probably 20 times harder. 
because you're put on this pedestal that you have to be a certain way. But in reality, you know, I struggle with hurt, pain, frustration, weakness, and feeling sorry for myself and feeling low and feeling like in a dark hole. And like we go through the same stuff. We're just as human as you guys are. I mean, our our job is to try to help you through it. But then the same time when you're helping someone else through something, whatever situation, a lot of times it helps you because as you're pointing out things and encouraging them, you start noticing how a lot of that is also pointing back at yourself. So that's something that's really cool. The Holy Spirit may use you to help others, but at the same time, he's also trying to get you to see things on your behalf so that you're paying attention to the struggles that you're going through. And we should be encouraged by that. Because, you know, some people may have to go through a struggle that you hope you never have to. And then sometimes you'll go through a struggle you hope no one else has to. But the opportunity is that when you go through these things, these situations, these struggles, these tribulations, whatever it may be, a lot of times what's going to happen is you're going to use what you discovered through it to help others who are going to go through something similar or almost even exactly the same as you. And you can help them walk through that walk. Because it's amazing when you get to see how the spirit moves through other people and you can see how your experience impacted them. You know, there's things to hope for. God and his word has given us plenty to see forward about what's coming at the end. We know the Satan's going to lose. We know all the demons are going to, are going to lose. We know those who don't know Christ are going to lose. We know that those that have done evil things are most likely going to lose because the only answer is knowing Christ, which then has to make us think about and turn around this, this sorrowness and this deep despair that we fall into, that we still have a purpose, even in our despair, to do more. And we can't sit back and not say anything and not do anything. So we're going to take a quick break and come right back. Hey, warriors, and welcome back. And so we've been talking about Romans 8, and we've been talking about weakness, sorrow, being in those situations. And then I kind of twisted up there near the end saying that the but we're still not, we don't lose our responsibility, our duty as Christians. We are still supposed to tell people about who Christ is. We're supposed to still encourage others, but we're also supposed to be helping people through their struggles just as much as we may go to. Like one of, one of the songs that has always been a good hymnal song that I've loved is It Is Well With My Soul. But Mercy Me did a, a cool rendition of it. I think it's It Is Well or something like that. Um there's a part in there in the beginning that really always stood out to me based on a lot of the stuff that people go through is a lot of times we don't notice that our pastors and our spiritual leaders, our worship leaders go through a lot of crap themselves. Like if you know anything about mercy me, you'll discover that most of their albums were actually put together based on actual situations that they've had happen to them in real life. And then God used that, 
basically like we were just talking about used what they've gone through to create music that can help people through what they go through so it's quite interesting that we sometimes forget that even those that we admire struggle second half of our talk we're going to go from verse 28 to 30 it says and we know that for those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose for those who he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he may be the firstborn among many brothers and those whom he predestined also he also called and those whom he called he also justified and those whom he justified he also glorified so there is a hope in our weakness we know that we will be adopted into his family we know that there is a purpose for us to be here in this current time. He knows when there will be the time when we will be basically conformed to the image of his son in order that we might be firstborn among many brothers. There is a direction, men. There is a hope down the road, but there is still the ride, the journey, the, the, the time you have here on this earth that there's purpose. So our hope should be that we know at the end, not only do we know that Satan's going to lose and all his minions, but we know that we will be transformed. We will be changed. We will be with Jesus. We will be with our God. And we will see everything that we have gone through for his purpose basically be given to him as a crown. You know, because at the white throne judgment, we're going to be judged for the things that we basically should have been doing for him. And... And this is the opportunity that we can stand behind on this, that even though we feel like the world is just collapsing around us and we trying to f eagerly find that hope, there is a hope. If you read the scriptures, you know that there's more. So then why is it that we struggle so much when we get down to basically the nitty gritty mud that it just seems like we allow things to break in our faith? Like, why do we struggle? Because we still are human, we still have feelings, we still, you know, we want to see that there's some type of answer of good through it all. But sometimes we need to go through these weak points and times to show that, that we have weak armor spots, that maybe our walk with the Lord is not as strong as we think it is. We're not praying enough time, spending enough time with Him, basically. We're not protecting our hearts and our minds from things that we're putting and feeding it. Maybe it's because we're too focused on self so much and our self-glorification of our faith that we're not paying attention to other people who are struggling. Maybe it's a, to help us understand what faith really is. Maybe it's to even help understand what hope really looks like. You know, the biggest question that most people ask is, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the answer is because we live in a corrupt world. It really has nothing to do. It's God's not sitting there with a dartboard saying, and throwing darts and saying, hey, what are we going to do today to people? No, that's how the Greeks believed. That's how the Romans believed. Okay, that's not how God works. God knows that these bad things are going to happen. And sometimes he allows, like, the devil and his minions to do things. Because we know that in Job, he did allow Satan to torment him. 
but it's not because he wanted to hurt him. He knew where his faith was. He knew where his hope was. His hope was in him. And Satan wanted to disprove God because Satan wants to do everything to make God look bad. But in the long run, as though there was pain, because Job did lose his kids. He did lose a lot of his his uh, property or his money, his treasures. But God restored him. And he restored other kids. And yes, it's sad to see pain and, and losing someone. Yes, it's sad to see someone who was super successful suddenly as poor as can be. It's hard to watch. But sometimes it's needed for the, not just them, but the people around them to see what faith is all about. So in the long run, we have a hope. We could see that there is something at the end of this finish line. As even Paul talks about racing later on. But that's the cool part about weakness is that's how we get stronger. So in our weakness, God will strengthen us. God will use it to build us up if we let him. Because a lot of times when we're weak, that's when the enemy hits the hardest. And that's when we need to be standing firm in our faith. We need to be standing firm in the armor of God and not allow Satan to penetrate. Like I love the pictures I've seen where it shows like parents taking the brunt of the hits of the enemy protecting their child, but the child has no clue. It's the same concept. God is protecting us. God is there. God is with us. God is walking with us through things. That's why I also love the pictures where, you know, some of them are humorous, you know, where it has two sets of feet walking together side and side, and suddenly there's one, and the person asks, where were you, God? And he goes, oh, that's when I was carrying you, and you couldn't do it yourself. There's a lot of good meaning in that picture, but one of my favorite ones is the one where, you know, it shows that they're walking together and, and this shows one, you know, one set of footprints and God's saying, yeah, you know, I carried you during those times. And then, then the guy goes, what about those drag mark times? And he goes, those are the times when I had to drag you through and through it. And meaning that, you know, I, I told you to do something, you weren't listening. So I had to drag you through the muck to get you to understand, hey, you need to get here. So weakness, though we are teaching people that it's bad or that it's wrong and that you should never be weak. You should always be powerful. You should always have strength. You should never put yourself in a situation where you have no power. And the truth is sometimes you need to be there because a lot of times when people are saying that pride is in the way and we've talked about pride a bunch of times, that sounds, that sound that you hear when people say stuff like that is pride. Once again, it goes right back to how Satan thought he was better than God and he was going to overthrow him. It goes right back to Adam and Eve when when he told him, hey, are you sure he said you're going to die? Because he was trying to get them to think we can be like God. We can think like him. We can know life like better than he could. Maybe maybe we can even see things that he couldn't see. We start thinking that we can put ourselves in a pedestal above God. And so we look at weakness as a weakness we don't see it as a strength we even watch movies like i don't know how many movies and tv shows they emphasize weakness as the problem and almost every single time the person who points out that that weakness is horrible is usually someone who's super prideful and super controlling and will hurt anybody to keep that power and yet we think that's what it's all about you know, the, the stronger you are, the better you are. Uh, the, the strong will survive, the weak will die. But in reality, we are all weak. 
And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need Jesus. Because during times of weakness, the number one thing that people love to do is hide their weakness. They don't want people to know they're weak. That's why it's one of the major issues I see in churches is that we have a lot of people walking around with these masks, hiding their true issues because they don't want to have people think less of them. But in reality, that's what church was always about, was to remove the guck, remove the mask, remove things that are causing this issue. And we come together in prayer and encouragement and building up one another in Christ. And I think we've forgotten that. I mean, there is people that do it. I have met people that do that. But as a whole, I'm not just talking about, no, we have people in our church that, that always check on people. That's that's a right. But do you? Do you check on people? Do you pray for people? Do you encourage people? Or do you think that's just a select few? Or do you think that's just the pastor's job? Because in reality, the pastor, like we, we've talked about before, pastor's job is to train you how to share the gospel, how to encourage one another, how to pray for each other, how to be there for one another. It's not the pastor's job only to do all this. We have created a different culture that is putting this professionalism mindset on everything. So you have to be a professional pastor to be able to do ministry. And that's not true. You know, it's just this battle that I keep seeing that has become really present in today's Christian church culture. You know, we get a lot of people who love warming seats and loving hear things that make them feel good. But when we ask them, Hey, have you suddenly it's like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't have time. I have a 40 hour plus job. I have kids, I have family. And it's like, well, so does everybody else, but people are still able to do it. You can make that time. And if you're working way too much, then maybe you need to cut down some hours somehow so that you can have more time to do things you're supposed to be doing. And if your kids are so, so busy, maybe you need to think about, are, are they too busy? That they're taking away time from opportunities to do stuff with like other families and hanging out with each other and growing and spending time together, um, walking with the Lord, going to church together. I mean, Satan's really done a good number in the United States with uh, basically family sports. It's just the idea that sports comes first above everything else. So, you know, it's in the way of you know church. Well, you know, we go to the sports because that's more important. And oh, there's a there's a family church activity. Well, there's sports. We have to do that first. We start putting things ahead of basically the church family. And to me, that's like neglecting because it's okay to have your kids in sports, but if it's taking over everything, that that's something that you're going to be teaching your kid as an adult, that everything else is less important than what, it, what you want to do. And you have to be really careful with that. Because remember, whatever, whatever lifestyle you create for your family, that's going to be passed down to your kid and it's going to be the same thing with them. It's the same type of struggle. And you don't want that to happen to them. So you got to be careful about even time. But that won't, But if I don't do this, you know, they'll be weak. They'll, they won't be strong and they won't understand. And it's like, but learning about God's truth will give them that strength that they need at the right time. My football career in high school 
is not helping me know God stronger and better. What helped me the most was the opportunities and times that the teachers taught some biblical truth was when my parents taught some of it, when my church taught some of it. Those are the things that have stood with me the heaviest and the hardest. The most I learned from sports was stepping up to be a leader, but that's only because my coach was also my Bible teacher who was also um, a good role model for the men, the young men in in the school. But if you were to take away that he was a Christian, he was just a regular coach, I would learn some things, but the, the missing piece is the Bible and the truth and understanding and, and applying God's word into my life, which he, he tried to do that with coaching, which is great. And we should be doing that with a lot of things that we do. So let's not forget that weakness in the Bible's eyes is strength by the Lord. Weakness by the world, on the other hand, looks at as, well, being weak. This is why our duty as Christians to be out there to share the gospel, to share the truth, to reach out to people, to encourage them, to show them what Jesus has done for them, is so vital. Because this world is teaching them to run to the cliff and jumping off without even questioning anything that they're seeing or hearing. And we need to tell them about what Jesus has done for them so that they can recognize that their weakness allows them to become stronger because they learn from it. It's always very interesting that we talk about weakness in the way that the world looks at it. But when you actually look at how a lot of these stories end up being, most of them is that in that weakness, that person learned something and eventually they gain a position of understanding and I guess you could say power as they become the hero or they become the king or they become the the main character who wins at the end. And it's because they learned through their weakness how to strengthen others. Like a lot of times you'll see in some movies where you have that power hunger person that's basically the antagonist, but the protagonist is usually the person who is the weaker one who ends up allying with people who are also weak and they encourage. And guess what? That's the image of the Christian walk. We all discover how weak we are, but at the same time, we have people on each side of us reaching out with their hands and pulling us up and saying, let's go together. That's why Paul talks about unity and connectivity and fellowship is so vital for the church. And that's where I point out to you guys out there. How are you building up unity and fellowship and connectivity with your community, with your church? Are you encouraging other men to step up? Are you helping them out of the muck? When they are weak, are you one of the first people to get by their side and pray with them? Because that makes you a stronger man than anything that the world could offer. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless this. I ask that you encourage hearts today that through weakness, they can understand there is a happy ending. I guess you can say the hope at the end that, you know, we are adopted children of you, that we will have 
a transformed body that will be with you in heaven, that there is that victory at the end of all this weakness and struggle that we have here on this earth. Help us to hope on that. Even though in the long run we're given that type of answer, it's more like an anticipation of excitement to that end. I pray that you work in any men today who think that their weakness makes them weak. As you strengthen them, you show them that in this weakness, you're going to show them more about you in there, but also show how they can learn from this, how they can grow from this, how they can be transformed and not to allow this weakness to control the outcome of their life. I thank you, Lord, for all that you do. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed and be challenged this week. Make sure you notice and pay attention to people who are struggling around you and reach out because you can make a huge difference in their life. And I'll see you next time.